Let's go ahead and uh, turn to Luke chapter number one and go ahead and stand to your feet. And we're going to start reading in verse number 26. Number one. We're going to begin reading in verse number 26. The Gospel of Luke. Chapter number one. Verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named, I'm sorry. Uh, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at, this, at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you once again for the moment and the opportunity that we have to hear what the Spirit wants to say to the church. And so, God, give us an attentive heart and attentive ear. Holy Spirit, I pray that there would be clarity, that there would be uh, no uh, interruption or intrusion of the enemy. But, God, we pray right now, God, that you would just speak uh, persuasively, boldly, and convincingly, Lord God, so that we might be edified and understand and know, God, who it is that we serve, this wonderful Jesus. You are our Savior you are our Lord and our soon coming King. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Uh, we are actually going to be concluding our Christmas series uh, today. Uh, we are going to kind of um, uh, bring a little addendum to it uh, next Thursday on Christmas Eve, uh, but that will be rather short. And so our series have been entitled uh, Christmas is, and that's what we have been talking about for the past month. And so we kicked off the series talking about uh, Christmas is a time of salvation. And we talked about using the opportunity that we have as Christians to make sure that we are being sensitive to those who don't know Christ. And so the Lord really challenged us to really to step out and, and really share our faith and look for those opportunities to do that. Uh, we talked about last week how that Christmas is a time of surprises. Uh, we underscored the fact that in life that there are going to be things that oftentimes are not going to go the way that you planned them. Uh, we had also highlighted that many of us have made plans and we have done some things and all of a sudden things didn't turn out the way that we thought they would turn out. And we really learn how to deal with those times because one of the things we understand about God is that God oftentimes he doesn't do things uh, the way that we want him to do it. God moves, but God does it the way he wants to do it. And so we, gave, so we gave some pointers of what to do when you are surprised by God. 
We talked about uh, we needed to trust God. We needed to humble ourselves. We needed to adjust and flow and then just stay faithful. Don't complain and we need to praise him. And so today I want to conclude this series talking about Christmas is Jesus. Say that with me. Christmas is Jesus. Nice and loud. One more time. Christmas is Jesus. Now, this time of year, we focus, and rightly so, on the birth of Jesus. There is nothing that is a more beautiful and magnificent uh, act of love than what God did. He came down from heaven, clothed himself in flesh so that he could come and save us. As I think about that, the love and the depth of God's love cannot, is unsearchable. It is amazing that God has given such love toward us. And though this time of year we celebrate the birth of Jesus and, and all that that means to us, but how many know the story does not end there? Jesus came as a baby. He came in diapers. But how many know that when he comes back this time, he's coming back as a king? <laughs> he's coming back as the Lord of glory. He's coming back as a conqueror. He's coming back as a ruler. How many of you are waiting for Jesus to come back? Come on, slip up your hand if you're waiting for Jesus to come back. And so this is a time of year where we must understand that though we are celebrating his birth, that the story really doesn't end there. That God ultimately is going to reign in justice. Ultimately, everything that we know it to be today is going to change. I was listening the other day, and I look at some, the faces of some folks, and I see that they are simply frustrated with life. How many you just get frustrated with life? You get frustrated with the political process, and you get frustrated with people. You just get frustrated. And, and sometimes you look at people, they tend to have this emptiness inside, like, I don't know how this thing, how I'm going to get out of this. And the good thing is that how many know we have the answers we have the answers, and his name is Jesus. And oftentimes, this time of year, as we celebrate the birth of Christ, we will find that there are a lot of different programs, and always the people are trying to bring question, bring into question, uh, who is Jesus? You know, and it seems like if you watch some of these programs, the edge is always to try to get you to doubt who Jesus is, or to try to marginalize Jesus as just another man. Just another figure. I mean, you know, you have some folks, who was Jesus, you know? You hear people that, you know, well, Jesus was a, he was a, he was a good man, right? Uh, you know, Jesus was, oh, he was a prophet, you know, and oh, yeah, Jesus was a, he was a good preacher, you know, yeah, yeah, he was a good teacher. Oh, yeah, he, he did really, really good things, you know? You know, Jesus, he's a black man's God, and Jesus, he's a white man's God, and you hear all these different things, but how do you know that Jesus is much, much more than that? Jesus is not just a man. How do you know he is the God-man? He is not just a man. And, it's, and it's, it's amazing how this happened because, you know, we think about this because many people, you know, they, they, they tend to get upset sometimes. They, seem, they, they tend to get offended. 
And, and this morning, I, I want to talk about Jesus because what I want to do is I want to spotlight the king this morning. But I don't want to spotlight him as a baby in a manger. I want you to see him for who he is in all of his splendor and all of his glory. Because how many know it's much grandier and much bigger than what we see today? And some people get upset about it when you start, when you start wanting to exalt Jesus above every other so-called God on the earth. But how many know that Jesus is the only one that ever claimed to be God. And because he is God, it gives him and him alone the authority. And how many know not only did he say he was God, but he backed it up. He got up out of that grave. He proved to all the world that he is the resurrection and he is the life. And so what we want to do today, and I want to take you on a little journey. It's not going to be long, hopefully. But I want to show you from the scripture several things today we're going to talk about, and then we're going to get you out of here. Number one, we're going to talk about, we will explore how the Old Testament prophesied about the Christ. I think that's important. Everything that led up to Jesus' birth, how many know it was already prophesied about hundreds and, year, hundreds and thousands of years ago? Many people don't realize that, so we'll give you some scripture verse, verses today. Uh, that reference that. We'll also talk about Jesus and his authority as God. All right? Jesus and, as, and his authority as God. And then we will talk about his rulership and his eternal kingdom. But now, but let's look at the power of this announcement. And so as we read this morning our foundational text in Luke chapter number one, we see the angel Gabriel is dispatched to Mary. And when this angel comes to Mary, there, this is no ordinary announcement. And what Gabriel was really saying, uh, saying to Mary is that, that, that Mary, that I'm about, something amazing is going to happen. This is going to be the biggest story of all time. This is the announcement of announcements. But not only that, it was a supernatural. How many know a virgin birth is supernatural? The angel, the angel being dispatched. Is supernatural. And the angel was letting Mary know that there is a person who is coming through your womb, and this person, he is going to have, he's going to have worldwide influence. How many know that Jesus was not just about the locality of where he was born, but how many know that Jesus is about the whole world? That Jesus, this Jesus, will influence the nations, the whole world. This is a message for everybody. And she says, he will be great. How many know Jesus is great? But not everybody realizes how great he is yet. You do, because you know him. You're saved. But how many know there's coming a point in time where everybody will know that his greatness will be maximized? So you hear what I'm saying this morning. And everybody will know, this Jesus, Mary, is going to be great. He is no ordinary man. He will be the son of the highest. In other words, he will be the God-man. His reign will be from coast to coast, east to west. And his kingdom will never, ever end. This is an amazing person that I'm telling you about. There's nobody like him in all the earth. This is the announcement of announcements. So he dropped this on Mary to, to let her know. And, and obviously Mary, she was just taken back and she began to praise the Lord and she began to realize what God was doing through 
her. And so this Jesus comes to the forefront. But before we get into that this morning, I, I want to take you back on a couple of verses to help you to understand that the whole Bible, hold up your Bible, hold up your Bible, hold up your PDAs, whatever you got that's symbolic. I want you to understand that this whole Bible is about Jesus Christ. All right? Not just the four Gospels in the New Testament. The whole book is a story about Jesus. Don't get it twisted. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of prophecies so that you can, now I want you to write these down. I have a lot of time to develop them, so I want you to write them down. I want you to study them because I want you to, how many know that when you get a revelation of who Jesus is, it'll really change you? When you really get a revelation of who Jesus is, it'll change the way you think, it'll change the way you talk, it'll change the way you worship. How many know it'll change everything about your life? Concerning his virgin birth, listen to this. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Watch this. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. This prophecy, some 700 years later, came to pass in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin. Everybody say virgin. See, it was already talked about. Betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. Concerning his throne, Isaiah chapter 9 verse 7 says this. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with just judgment and justice from that time forward, even forevermore. This prophecy was fulfilled hundreds of years later in Luke chapter 1, 32 and 33. He will be great, we said that a moment ago, and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and ever. Concerning where he was to be born, in the Old Testament, Micah chapter number 5, verse 2, says, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, Though you are little among thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from old and from everlasting. See, this prophecy was fulfilled in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, the wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Now, concerning his refugee status in Egypt, Hosea chapter number 11, verse number 1. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. Fulfillment was in Matthew chapter 2, verse 15. And there was until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, out of Egypt I called my son. Then lastly, Concerning, no, uh, concerning our sins in Isaiah chapter 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Come on, there's your chance to say amen right there because that's about you. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. That's Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. This was fulfilled in Matthew 1, 21, and she will bring forth the son and shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. 
Wow. How many know that the whole book is Jesus Christ? The whole book. The Bible said, Jesus said, he says, you search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life. But these are they that testify of me. Jesus says in another place, behold, I come in the volume of the book. He comes in the volume of the book. In other words, the volume of the book means it's all about Jesus and Jesus alone. Now, let's look at his authority as God. So we want to develop this just a little bit. Go ahead and turn to John chapter 1, verses 1 and 3. I read this the other day, but I really want to kind of highlight it a little bit more. And here's, here's what I'm doing this morning. I want you to understand, I'm developing this because I want you to have a com- deep down conviction in your soul that when you hear the name Jesus or when you say Jesus or you worship Jesus, that you fully understand who it is that you're worshiping. That you fully understand that he is no ordinary man and that him as God has deep ramifications for you and yes, for this whole society. In the beginning was the Word. This is uh, John 1, verses 1 through 3. Watch this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All right? He was in the beginning. He, talking about Jesus. Jesus is the Word. That's what he's talking about here. He was in the beginning with God. I'm going to say that again. Hear this. Talking about Jesus now. Watch. Jesus, he, Jesus, was in the beginning with God, watch this, and all things were made through him, he's talking about Jesus, watch this now, and without him, nothing was made that was made. Now, it's important to understand this, that Jesus was not created. Come on, somebody say amen. How many know that Jesus always existed? He always, Jesus. How many know that that little baby that we see in the manger, that is not where it started, folks. How many know that the Bible says he was with God? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. He was always God, 100% God and 100% man. He is the God-man. This is what distinguishes Jesus from every other so-called religion on the planet that think that they got a way to God. Jesus said there is no way but one way because God himself. I mean, no, there ain't but one God. And God chose to reveal himself in the person of Jesus Christ. Now watch this. So in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. And it goes on to say that Jesus is creator. He created everything. Look at this in uh, Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 and 18. You can write it down. You can look at it. I think we have it on the screen. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 18. Jesus as creator, look at this. And he, talking about Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. All right? You remember Philip said, Jesus. He said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will suffice us. Jesus said to Philip, he said, Philip, how long have I been with you? Don't you understand, Philip, that if you see me, you have seen the Father? I said, but how many know he is no ordinary man? <laughs> Watch this. He is the image. You want to know what God looked like? It's Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Watch this, church. For by him, talking about Jesus, 
all things were created. See, I get excited about this stuff. Y'all need, to, y'all need to come with me. This is amazing. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about the King of kings. We're talking about the Lord of lords. If I got to go by myself, I'm going up. For, for by him, by him, Jesus, by him, all things were created that are in heaven and on earth. Visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions, principalities or power, all things were created through him and what? For him. Oh, glory to God. Everything was not only created by God, but everything was created for his glory. Everybody say Jesus. Say it again. Say Jesus. All things were created through him and for him. And watch this. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Talking about Jesus. Watch this. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. You know what that simply means? The preeminence means first place. Ahead of everything. Preeminence. That means surpassing all. How many know you serve a Jesus that surpasses all? You serve a Jesus who is God in flesh. He is the one God manifest in flesh, and Jesus is the creator. And some folks say, well, Pastor, there seems to be a conflict because you read the book of Genesis. The Bible says the book of Genesis is God. Remember? God created. We got our look over here in Colossians. It says he, Jesus, created. Which one created it? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. They are one and the same. Now watch. Now watch this. Can we take a step further? You still with me? Are you still with me? Come on, church. You still with me? Watch this now. Watch this now. Jesus is equal to God. Now, if I stood up here today and I said to you that I'm equal to God, most of you, if not all of you, will not only come and try to have me arrested, you'll get so far away from me. Like, pastor, they lost it. He up there talking about he's equal with God. I mean, he had, man, t- go get him. Get away from him. He's lost. He done lost it. I'm telling you right now, if you ever heard me say, you better run. This is what Jesus did. Jesus made claims, and how many know the Pharisees, they were mad at him. They were angry because how can you, you that, this is blasphemy. You're Jesus. How can you say a man that you're God. And not only that you're God, but you're, you're equal to God. How many know there's nobody equal to God? Are y'all listening to me? This is somewhat of a theological message, but I, I, I need to get this into your soul. Because hopefully, that, that as, as I do this, your eyes will be open in a way that, that you don't have to be afraid and you don't have to be intimidated no more when you say that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. You don't have to listen to other people who tell you that, that you know what, your Jesus is just one among many. How many know he ain't one among many? He is the one. He is it. <laughs> look at John chapter 5, verse 17 and 23. Look at John chapter 5. Verse 17 through 23. But Jesus answered them, watch this church. My father has been working until now, and I have been working. Now stop right there. (laughs) 
He said, look what Jesus said. Jesus said, my father has been working, guys, and guess what? I've been working, too. And the Bible says, look at verse number 18. Therefore, the Jews, see, they, they understood exactly what was taking place. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to what? Kill him. Well, why do you want to kill me, man? I've been healing people. I've been doing good. You know, I've been feeding 5,000. I mean, what, what you upset about? Verse 18, therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, watch this church, but also said that God was his father, making himself what? Equal with God. So I want you to understand people are looking for God, but the God that people are looking for is in Jesus Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning, church? That is the true God. The God that people want is in Jesus. Watch this. Most assuredly, I say to you, watch this, church. The son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do for whatever he does, watch this, church, the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. Look at verse 21. Here it is right here. This is what really got him upset. For as the father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the son gives life to whom he wills. Oh, somebody say amen. amen. For the father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the son. How many know everybody going to have to talk and deal with the son? Everybody going to have to, all the atheists, all the agnostics, all the proscates, uh, pros, uh, whatever, uh, you know what I'm talking about, uh, prognosticators, uh, all of them going to have to deal with Jesus, whether they want to or whether they don't. Watch this, church. This is why you don't need to be getting upset and tripping. You just need to pray. You need to pray. Just pray for him. Pray real hard to the king of kings. Watch this. For the father judges no one, verse 22, but has committed judgment to the son, Watch this, verse 23, that all should honor the Son, watch this, just as they honor the Father. <laughs> Y'all see that? He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. So if you want to deny Jesus, you don't know God. You can never get to God. Jesus said, if you deny me, you can't get there. You cannot get there because I am God. You remember Jesus said, when Jesus was arguing with the Pharisees one time, and they were yelling and screaming at him because Jesus was making these claims. And, uh, and Jesus says, Jesus says um, uh, he says, uh, uh, you know, I am. He said to them, he says, uh, before Abraham was, I am. And boy, the Bible said he took up stones again. So boy, we're going to take you up out of here. That means I am, always have been. How many know Jesus has no beginning of days? He has no ending of days. He is from everlasting to everlasting. When was Jesus created? Never. When did it start? He always have been. How many know that's God? He's bigger than your puny little brains. Stop tripping. Come on. Watch this now. So Jesus was saying that, watch this, this is deep. Jesus says, you give me the exact same honor you give to God. If that ain't the claim to God, I don't know what else. Because if I said that to you, what would y'all be doing to me right now? Come on. <laughs> you don't even want to think about it, right? This is what Jesus did. 
And then, then, and so how many know know that people got upset about it then and they get upset about it now? And I'm saying this today because I don't want you to be intimidated because he's just not a baby in a manger. Come on, church. He's not a baby in, in diapers. He is king of kings and lord of lords. He is power. He is glory. He is masculine. Nobody greater, nobody stronger than Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 9 and 11 takes us a step further. Look at this. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him, talking about Jesus, and given him the name which is above every name. Did anybody need me to interpret that for you? The name above every name means the name above every name. <laughs> every name that is named, God has given him God. God, everybody say God. This is God's acceptable sacrifice. God has given him a name which is above every name. Watch this, church. That at the name of who? Jesus. Come on. At the name of who? Come on, y'all better say it like you know it. At the name of who? Every knee. Everybody say every knee. You know what every knee means? Y'all smart. Y'all got it today. Every knee means every knee. He said every knee going to bow. Buddha, Muhammad, presidents, kings, rebels, it don't matter. All of them are going to do what? They got to bow. Why? Because Jesus is the king of glory. He is the son of God. He said, every knee will bow. He said, every knee. Well, I don't want it. You're going to bow whether you want to or not. You're going to have to acknowledge it. And I, I, you ever look, look at sometimes of the obstinance of some of these folks, man, who just make light. This is why, parent, we got to make sure that we don't allow our kids to take the Lord's name in vain, and neither should you. Because you know why? The Bible says he's given him a name above every name. At that name of Jesus, the most powerful name that is, every knee going to have to bow. And not only that, he said, every tongue going to confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. In other words, Jesus is Lord, and God says, that's exactly the way I want it to be. Nobody like him. Let me tell you something. You serve an awesome God. I'm amazed how many Christians don't really understand who this Jesus is. Who is he? Are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, this is amazing. He said, every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. Now, let's talk about, lastly, his rulership and his eternal kingdom. I said a moment ago that Jesus came as a baby. But how do we know when he comes back for the church, he ain't coming back with no pacifier in his mouth. He ain't coming back like that. He ain't coming back in a little dirty old manger. Y'all remember we talked about the manger last week? Oh, no. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Uh-uh-uh. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18, I got to read this real fast. For the Lord himself, the Lord himself, the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. Is there anybody in the house waiting for the shout? Uh, is anybody waiting for the shout in the room? He said, for the Lord himself. I like that, but I can stop right there. The Lord him, he ain't going to send nobody. This time I'm not going to send Gabriel. This time I'm coming. 
the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the temple of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. He's coming back. He's coming back. Oh, we don't like to talk about it today. The enemy is trying to intimidate the church to be quiet. Don't talk. But how do we know Jesus is coming back? And I mean, we need to be about our father's business. We need to be letting people know that Jesus is the, really the reason, not only for the season, Jesus is the reason for every season. Not just this season, but every season. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Am I a little bit too excited? I'm trying to calm down. Okay. How many know the Bible says, and the government shall be upon his shoulders? Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. How many know that in the kingdom of God, there is no Democrat and no Republican? Let me say that again because some of y'all don't get that. In the kingdom of God, there is no Democrat and no Republican. Some of, you are, some of you are deep in your politics. You're so deep in your politics, you're blinded by bitterness and anger that you can't see that the enemy is using that as a wedge between you and the people that God wants you to reach. The Bible says that the, watch this, that the government will be upon his shoulders in theological terms. That's what we call a theocracy. That, that, that simply means that only one going to rule and set the order. How many know that in the kingdom of God, man does not have the right to change the rules of the principle of the kingdom? You don't either. Well, you know what? I don't agree with that. Nobody asks you what you agree with, honey. Who asked you what you agree with? If Jesus said it, that's the way it is. What gives you the right and the authority to change the way the kingdom of God works because you don't like it because it's not popular? The government shall be upon his shoulders. Watch this. And his name, watch this, shall be called wonderful. Everybody say wonderful. Oh, is Jesus wonderful? Oh, he, is he wonderful to you? He's wonderful. Counselor. Look, watch this. Talking about the son. You know what else we're going to call him? Mighty God. Talking about the son. Mighty God. Watch this. Everlasting what? Father. Talking about what? The prince of what? Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Glory to God. And upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order and establish it with judgment and justice from this time forward, even forevermore, God is going to perform this. Oh, how many know that Jesus is going to run the show? How many know not only is Jesus going to run the show, I want you to point to yourself. Say, say me. Come on, point to yourself. Say me. This is the time when you participate in the sermon. Say me. How many know, how many know that, that you're going to rule with Jesus? You know, when, when, right before God ushered in a new kingdom, there's going to be this transitional period. Where, where God's going to put down the rebellion, where the kingdom of God will overcome the powers of darkness. And how many know that the kingdom of God will overcome? It's written right here. Watch this. Uh, Daniel chapter 7, verse 27. Then the kingdom and dominion 
and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven, that means over the whole earth, look at this, shall be given to the people. What people are we talking about? Shall be given to the people and the saints of the Most High. Is anybody in here a saint of the Most High? Oh, y'all not getting excited. See, this is all about you. This is your story. This is your destination. This is your hope. Are you hearing me this morning? Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people and the saints of the Most High and his kingdom, God's kingdom, Jesus' kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Oh, go over there. Come on, clap your hands real loud to Jesus. How many know Satan will be defeated? He's lying. The Bible said the thief comes but to kill, to steal, and destroy. How many are just tired of the devil killing? How many are you tired of the devil stealing from you? Destroying your family, destroying your communities, and just wreaking havoc, and just violence, and crimes, and, and just uh, you know, all kinds of mistrust, and wickedness, and evil, just all over the place. Because who was the great influencer? Satan. But how many know that old devil, his clock is ticking? The Bible says in Revelation, woe, woe, woe unto you, inhabitants of the earth, because the devil came down to you ticked off. This is not my ghetto version. The devil came down to you pissed because he knows that he have but a short time. But how many know that his time is almost up? This is why the Bible said, this is why you got to hold steady. This is why you got to keep fighting the good fight of faith. How many know the greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world? Listen, the devil got no authority over you. You have to give it to him. The devil got no authority. The devil knows what happened is sometimes we don't know. My people are destroyed for a lack of what? Ah. Revelation 20.10, the devil who deceived them. How many know he deceived the whole world? Don't you walk in a deception. Don't buy the hype. Don't you try to do what's, what's popular. Listen, you are in the minority. Don't be afraid to walk with Jesus. Are you hearing me? I'm, I told the Lord the other day, I said, Lord, I'm willing to be the voice crying out in the wilderness. I will stand for truth if it kills me. Are you hearing? Are, are you that way? Watch this. Revelation 20, 10. The devil who deceives them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. How many know the devil's place? He knows where he's going. That's why he's upset. And that's why you need to keep your focus. And Jesus, is he, he is king of kings and lord of lords. Everybody say king of kings and lord of lords. Revelation 19, verse 11 through 16. I'm almost done. Stay with me. I'm, almost, I'm, getting, I'm getting close. Now, I saw heaven open. Look at this, church. Are you still with me? Say amen. amen. I saw heaven open, <clears throat> and behold. Now, this is illust illustrative language. I want you to understand that. But it's a picture of what victory looks like for the saints of God. Watch this. Now, I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. See, the white horse is symbolic of purity, of righteousness. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. Come on, church. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. Watch this. His eyes were like a flame of fire. And his head 
and on his head were many crowns, talking about Jesus. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Hold up your Bible again. The Word, the Word of God. Look at this. And, uh, and watch it. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now, out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. This speaks to how Jesus is going to speak. Now, I mean, whatever he speaks, it's going to happen. When he brings destruction, when he put down sin, when he put down rebellion, this is why we got to pray. This is why we got to listen. We got to pray to God have mercy on folks because when the wrath of God comes, it ain't going to be pretty. You hear what I'm saying? When God gets ready to clean this thing up, it is not going to be pretty. For out of his mouth is a sharp sword, and with it he shall strike the nations, and he himself will, watch it, will rule them with a rod of iron. And he himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. <clears throat> watch this. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, you know who the kings are? Some of you don't know who that is. Who are the kings? When he says King of Kings, who are the kings? He's the Kings of Kings and Lord of Lords. I'm going to show you all here in a moment. Watch it. How many know that he's going to make all things new? Hold that thought. We're going to come back to that thought in a minute. How many know that he's going to make all things new? King of kings. He's king of kings. He's lord of lords. He's going to make all things new. Revelation 21, 1. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. How many know that this earth and all that is in it is going to pass away? The way do we know it? Amen. Somebody said, okay. they're better. Amen. I mean, you know, this earth is going to pass away. Jesus is going to usher in a new way of life. Revelation 21.4. And God will wipe away, watch this church, every tear from their eyes. Have anybody been crying lately? There's coming a day in time where you ain't going to cry no more. <laughs> that you will feel no more pain, no more. That you will be sick. No more. That, you know, if you got diabetes or if you're sick, you got problems, you got, you know, like, like me, you know, you're getting old, your belly start hanging out, you start getting ringed. There's coming a point in time when that will be no more. He's going to wipe away every tear. He's going to, listen, he's going to restore everything to its original order. There will be no more pain for the former things have passed away. This is the Jesus that we're talking about. How many know this ain't a baby? We ain't talking about a baby. We're talking about a king right now. Look at this. And, and, and watch this. In Revelation uh, 5, 19 through 13, I'm going to end with this verse right here. Look, 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 listen to this verse. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. How many know that the kingdom of God will be made up of people from every nation, every race? It ain't going to just be, how many know when you go to heaven, it ain't going to be all black. Some of y'all might be disappointed. I, I know they try to give you the black Jesuses and the white Jesus. It ain't going to be all of that. 
I want you to understand that it's coming. How many know God got people out of every nation? All the people out of every tribe, every, all over the world from the, from the beginning of time. And verse number 10, look at verse 10. And have made us, everybody say us. Remember I said earlier, who's the kings and priests? There it is right there. And has made us kings and priests to our God. King of kings, good God, Lord of lords. How many know you're valuable? You're a king. Oh, y'all, some of y'all, you, you, didn't, you didn't catch it. You got authority. You have authority that has been given to you by Jesus Christ. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the numbers of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands and thousands. That's, that's another way of saying innumerable. Saying with a loud voice, look at this, worthy is the lamb. How do you know Jesus is worthy? Who was slain. He was slain for us. Watch this. To receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such that are in the sea and all that are in them are heard saying, watch this, blessing and honor, glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise to the lamb. Glory to the lamb. He reigns forever and ever. This is why I put up with the stuff that I put up with. This is why I'm faithful. This is why I don't trip when you trip. This is why I keep fighting the good fight of faith. Because I serve the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and he's coming back. And when he comes back, all I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Every head is bowed, every eye is bowed. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have given us such love. God, we forgive us, Lord, for the times when we've taken for granted that this is, Christmas is not, it's not just about a story of a, of a baby and a manger and just nice little cute story so that we can just, you know, go through the, the trapping.